everyone, this is Daphne. This time on Schoolja, get to know Clint and Chad more than you want to. Indulge them while they offer unwelcome recommendations and hear some fun holiday dad stories and dad chat. All right, enjoy the episode. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. This is Chad at the North Pole. And this is Clint from Deep Within Santa's Workshop. And this is Schooled Ya, the podcast where two middle-aged teachers, dads, and hipster doofuses talk across the country about their combined 30-plus years of education experience. And Christmas. We love Christmas. <laughs> the goal is to make a podcast that teachers... And anyone else. Tell your friends. ...find as fun and interesting as the teacher's lounge during lunch, but without the complaining. We don't complain. We don't want to end up on the naughty list. <laughs> All right. So, Chad... Remember how we answered some frequently asked questions last episode? Yeah, that was pretty fun. Well, we didn't get to all the questions because we ran out of time. So what do you say we take another crack at it? How will our listeners know that we aren't just using the stuff we cut out from the last time so we don't have to work too hard before Christmas? Shh, they won't. But that's okay. They can just think of it as re-gifting. Sounds good. So what's our next question? What's the weirdest thing you've ever seen the other person do or say? <laughs> Oh, man. I have one for you. Okay. <laughs> so the weirdest thing I've ever seen Chad do, and he does it with some level of frequency, is uh, Chad's a healthy eater, and he doesn't put a lot of processed foods into his body. And one of the things that he frequently does is he has like a sandwich bag just like stuffed with raw spinach. And then he'll just shove all the spinach in his mouth at once and chew it up and be like, well, I got my spinach for the day. And like that's his <laughs> snack. He's like, well, I'll be able to make it through the rest of the afternoon now that I've had my spinach. And I think he's secretly Popeye. Like he's doing all these push-ups. And I think he's Popeye. Oh, man. That is weird. I don't do that anymore. You don't? Oh, dang. That was a staple of my day. I love yeah. when you would be munching on something weird. Thank you. <laughs> that is weird. That is... All right. This is also food related. I've shared this on the show before, but watching Clint, watching you make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, it kind of puts you in a trance. I remember the first time I watched you do this. This was probably before I knew you that well when we were having lunch together. And everyone's right. talking at the lunch table. And Clint gets out his little loaf of bread, and he gets out his little jar of jelly, and he gets out of his little jar of peanut butter, and just methodically and meticulously <laughs> begins to slowly spread the peanut butter on the bread, almost like a commercial, and covers the entire piece of bread, like smooths it out, does the same thing with the other piece uh, with the jelly. And I remember just kind of stopping whatever I was doing and just staring at him doing it. And I've seen you do this many, many times and it's never different. It's exactly <laughs> the same. It's a little weird. Yeah, it's it's weird. I don't bring the peanut butter and the jelly as much as I used to. I should bring it back. It's a, it's a good method for me to have a good peanut butter and jelly lunch. Absolutely. One thing I'd like to add to, to your description though is that I put peanut butter on both pieces of bread and then the jelly in the middle because that's the right way to do it. Uh, I don't know. I don't spread it super thick on either piece of bread, so that way I still get the good amount of peanut butter to jelly ratio, but it also doesn't leak out into the bread. So, you know, there's a method. You've clearly put some thought into this, and I appreciate that. I, I love a good peanut butter sandwich. we got one more question here, and it is, what is your all-time favorite student or group of students? Clint, I'll let you go first on this one. For me, it's almost always the students that I'm working with currently, because they're the ones in my head, and uh, I do have a really great crowd 
crop of kids this year, and I'm really excited to be working with them. But it also, I think, comes down to, like, I had a couple of big changes in curriculum. And usually the group that I start something with is a group that I is like the touchstone of where I'm at. So, for example, when I started teaching the journalism class in Astoria, that first group of kids, I went out and recruited them because there were only like six people signed up for the class. And I went out and recruited the other like 20 and they were like the best and brightest of the school. And we put together 10 papers in a year, which was one a month, which was pretty unusual for a high school newspaper, as far as I can tell, especially one as small as our high school was. And they were just a great team. And they worked really well together and they worked really hard. And in fact, two of the members of that original journalism team were inadvertently used as the name of Sarah. Sarah and Jordan are named after two of those kids because I was always saying, Sarah, Jordan, I need you to go do this. And after a while, it just became natural. And I was like, okay, that's a great name. I got to talk to Nikki. And she agreed. And so that group, and then this year, I'm working with a group of kids in the forensics team. And they are also just a, a phenomenal group of of students who work really hard and try really hard but are also very very fun and so I'm not gonna say that they're my favorite group that I've ever worked with but I do have a special place in my heart for for both of those two those two crews I think it's hard to like name like a class that's maybe been a favorite but you kind of described a, a, a couple special classes like a journalism class is different it's more of a team and uh, when I think of kind of favorite groups you know I think more about some of the teams I've coached because you spend so much time so much more time together and it's it's much easier to kind of enjoy that process because you're all working towards the same goal whereas you know teaching a high school freshman algebra class while some classes I really enjoy working with there's not that same connection that you You'd, you'd really say, wow, this is one of my favorites. So I really think back, and, and you kind of talked about the touchstone kind of moments, is my very first group of students that I had when I first got my first teaching job. That that spring, I, I coached JV baseball. I was the head JV baseball coach. So I had this group of 13, 14 boys. It was just me and them, and you spent a ton of time together, and they were just really awesome kids and really hard workers. And, and then the vast majority of them ended up playing football for me the next fall. I was the JV football coach, and I kind of saw those kids all the way through their three or four years of high school. And that's a group that really stands out to me. I still see a lot of them, you know, they're now in their, gosh, probably 30s, you know, and have kids and are married and, and all that. But uh, that's a group that really stands out to me. And, and then some of the football teams that I've coached in my time in Astoria, especially the ones that we've had a lot of success with, you work with those kids so closely and it's blood, sweat and tears. And it's an emotional connection that uh, it's really hard to replicate in a classroom. You know, it's hard to say favorites, but definitely some that stand out and we were fortunate this fall to have a reunion uh, 10 years ago. Uh, we won a state championship in football. A good majority of those young men came back and we had a halftime celebration. And then we, we had a, a deal afterwards where we all got together. And, and uh, you know, it's funny thing was I talked to a bunch of them at the after party thing and uh, I didn't talk football to, to any of them. And it was just catching up and, and seeing what they're up to. And so that was pretty cool. That is cool. Well, there you have it. Everything you never wanted to know about the show. But if this didn't slake your thirst for Schoolja knowledge, send us your questions at schooljapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can post your questions on Twitter or Facebook at Schooljapod. And now let's take a quick break. 
You know, self-care is big talk right now in the teaching world, and there's little doubt we need to take care of ourselves so we can better take care of our students. The problem, with me anyway, is sometimes finding the time to take care of myself adds to the stress. I mean, between work and kids and other responsibilities, getting to a massage or yoga session is the last thing on my priority list, which is why I'm thrilled to have found Rub Nation, the first wellness spa specifically for teachers that comes to you in your greatest time of need, right in the middle of class. That's right. I mean, when do you really need that massage? Is it after school? on your own time when you actually are relaxed or during that 50-minute lecture to 25 snobby high school seniors or how about a well-deserved pedicure as you read the cat in the hat to a class full of unruly first graders for just a few hundred pennies a day join rube nation and receive four visits per month from a wellness specialist of your choice who will come and pamper you during class but without any interruptions the only one noticing their presence will be you as your stress oozes away like that excess blob of elmer's glue on little tommy's art project so if you want to finally feel refreshed refreshed, relaxed, and ready to take on your day? Try Rub Nation. And the next time a student tells you to chill, you actually can. Now back to the show. And welcome back, everyone. One of the things that I love about being a teacher is that I get to talk to people who have different life experiences than I do every day. Yeah, getting to talk to kids about what they like and learning from them is a great joy of the job, but it's also fun introducing them to great stuff as well. I love that too. I especially like giving them recommendations about food that they should try. It's really fun when they come back and report on trying something and and finding out if they actually liked it or if they thought it was gross. That's pretty fun. So that's why we thought today we'd do a little segment called Recommending Stuff with Clint and Chad. Wait, really? Is that what we're going with? You got a better title, dude? Um, nope. <laughs> so we're just going to go back and forth recommending cool stuff we've discovered this year. Things, places, activities, etc. that we think you might like too. Chad, why don't you start us off? All right, man. I'm going to start off with a website. So as you know, my side hustle uh, is doing doing different uh, woodworking and also some some art. I, I would burn keychains and, and things like that. And I found that in the last few years, I've had to do a lot of people's names or I've had to do different words on keychains. And, and so I've actually found this really cool website called fontgenerator.com. And it's really cool. You type in whatever you want it to say. And then it just gives you like this huge selection of different ways to write that exact expression. And I've used it a ton. I actually almost use it every single day. So anyone who's interested in that kind of stuff like I am, um, that is uh, something I'd recommend. That sounds awesome. I I would use that a lot. What do you have? Well, I've got one that is way less complicated, but brings me great joy. It's also a website and it is called niceonedad.com. And what that is, is it's just a compilation of really wonderful, terrible dad jokes. (laughs) And all it does is it brings up one bad dad joke at a time on a big slide. And so the screen is full of text and that's it. And then once you've got one joke, you click on the screen anywhere you want to and it brings up the next joke. And uh, I thought I'd give you a a quick sampling. Okay, please do. What did the officer molecule say to the suspect molecule? I don't know. I've got my eye on you. (laughs) Science joke for you science listeners. What do you call cheese by itself? (sighs) Provolone. (laughs) And then the last one. This is this is a good one. Not that the other two weren't right. good, but this is a great one. Why couldn't the bicycle stand up by itself? I don't know. It was too tired. <laughs> so anyway, as a great lover of puns and dad jokes, my family and I sat on the couch and I told them all of these jokes for a good 15 minutes and they just groaned and giggled and it was a great joy. Anyway, niceonedad.com, great website for killing some time. 
All right, so we are big fans of television. We like to stream things. We're fans of Netflix and Amazon Prime. What is something that you have discovered this year that you have really enjoyed? Well, I got two things. One is a little bit more documentary artsy. I stumbled upon a series on Netflix called Abstract the Art of Design. Each episode features a fairly prominent artist in a completely different field. And it just kind of dives into the world of art and design. I've actually watched a couple of the episodes more than once. It's really fun to, I don't know, for me at least to kind of get inspired by some of those sayings in it. Uh, that would be one thing I would definitely recommend is that's on uh, Netflix. And then the other thing I just stumbled upon, which is a complete 180 from abstract, is the Coen Brothers Netflix, I guess I'd call it a movie called uh, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. It's about a two hour, two and a half hour movie and it's essentially six like short stories and they're funny and dark kind of violent but it's all mixed into one uh and uh really fun uh definitely wouldn't recommend recommend it for kids but uh uh, entertainment for sure when i first started watching this i didn't realize it was a bunch of short pieces and that's kind of a neat approach too because you know in the first 20 minutes you're you're on to something totally different and um that's kind of a fun way to watch something because if one thing doesn't necessarily pique your interest uh you can move on to something else pretty soon that's cool what about you you had one there that was not very family friendly and the one that i'm gonna recommend is very family friendly i love sketch comedy it's one of my favorite things i love to watch saturday night live but sometimes the things that they do on saturday night live and some of the other sketch comedy shows that are out there is not really something that i feel comfortable watching with my smaller children so then this is actually something that my kids have turned me on to it's a show called studio c and it was put together by um these like nine different college kids and it's sketch comedy that's family friendly. And I don't know if you've ever seen the YouTube clip where there's a soccer goalie who keeps stopping the soccer ball with his face. No. Okay, well, it's great. It's uh, Scott Sterling is the character's name. It kind of blew up a few years ago. And so while I didn't discover this this year, uh, I really started enjoying it a lot more. Their first couple of seasons were pretty corny. They were kind of figuring things out, but in their later seasons are just hilarious. They stand up to uh, any other comedy that you can find. If you want to find Studio C and you'd like to just sit down and watch it with your kids, my kids absolutely adore it and they have spread it to all of their friends so lots of them are watching it too. The easiest way is just to go on YouTube and type in Studio C and Uh since it's sketch comedy it's lots and lots of little clips and just lots of really silly quirky humor that is totally clean and appropriate for your kids but also actually funny. I hate watching family friendly stuff where I'm like okay but this is boring. Uh, This isn't boring. It's very weird and you can really find some gems. So that's called Studio C and you can find it on YouTube YouTube is the easiest. All right. I have to admit something. While you've been talking now, I've been <laughs> I've been watching the goalie getting hit in the face. It's pretty funny. <laughs> it's so good. I'll put a link to it on the website if you guys want to see it. It's pretty great. I, I was listening. I promise. I can do both. Multitasking. All right. So let's move on to like music or podcasts. Well, we've talked about podcasts in our dad chat segment quite a bit. And actually, I had something written down and then remembered that I think I talked about it earlier. So I changed it up. Thankfully, I do love podcasts quite a bit. And my favorite studio, if you want to say it, that that puts out podcasts is NPR, National Public Radio. They have a ton of different podcasts and uh, they're all really well produced and they're pretty topical. They're about things that are happening right now. But my favorite one, and it's kind of weird because I don't love this particular subject and so you wouldn't think that it would be that interesting. It's called Planet Money and it is about 
the economy. But it, it's not about like the stock market and what the market is doing right this second or anything like that. It's more about how do we get the things that we get? Like they did a deep dive one time on what does it take to make a t-shirt? Where does the cotton come from? Where does it get sent to? How does the global economy really work? And then this year they had one that was about satellites and how does a satellite get launched into space? And can you own your own satellite? And what do they do? It was really, really interesting. And what I like about this podcast more than any other, I think that I listen to, is the fact that it is a subject that I don't love or I don't think is that exciting, but they break it down in such a way that it's informative and interesting and entertaining. My favorite episode of the year, they did a Halloween episode that was super corny, where all of the different hosts kept getting kidnapped because they were talking about the ghosts of the 2008 economic crash. And it seems super silly, but I learned a lot and laughed a ton. So Planet Money by NPR, I can't recommend it enough. It sounds dumb, but it's amazing. I love it. What have you got? Well, I'm also going to suggest a title that sounds a little off-putting, I think, for some people. <laughs> but oh, good. Uh, give me a chance here. So the, the title of the podcast is called The Art of Manliness. And I had a friend this summer suggest it to me. I thought, eh, I don't know. Like, it sounds pretty like, I don't know. I, I don't want to hear a bunch of stuff about dudes being dudes. And I <laughs> uh, started listening to it. And it is a fantastic podcast. The host's name is Brett McKay. And every episode he has a guest on, usually the guest is either written a book or is well known for some research that they've done or has some perspective or some level of expertise that is very unique and they cover things on this podcast anywhere from things that are kind of manly related like fitness and exercise to clothing and uh, etiquette and uh, things like that but they also touch on things like what makes a good question like asking good questions uh, I listened to one that was that was really interesting about negotiations they had like an FBI negotiator on that talked about kind of the art of the negotiation. A lot of things about being a better father. It's amazing to me the amount of different kind of topics that they're able to cover on the show because really kind of, you know, this idea of the art of manliness kind of fits under this big umbrella of just being a better person. I would say 95% of the episodes are really for anyone, not necessarily just men, but it's just really fascinating and it gives me something that I can't wait to either like share with my wife, like, oh, you wouldn't believe what I heard today or something that I feel like is like tangible and usable. And any podcast or anything where I can listen to uh, that gives me that, I always feel is really useful. So I would recommend that That's one. cool. Okay, well, this is Schoolja, and we are an education-based podcast, so we figured it would be a good idea to recommend something that we found this year that helps us in our jobs that we think might be able to help other teachers out there. So what is something that you found that has really improved your teaching or something that is helping you get through the days? I was at a conference, and someone used this application called Plickers. Have you heard of Plickers? Yeah. I've been to a conference where they used it as well. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to explain that. Awesome. <laughs> uh, so I know there's all kinds of online survey apps and websites where if every kid in your classroom has a computer or a phone, there's really all kinds of things out there for, for grading and for taking quick quizzes or taking surveys. But one of the challenges a lot of times is either you don't have a classroom set of computers or not every kid has a phone or you may be in a school where that's not allowed. So being able to do some of those kind of quick surveys or quick quizzes can be difficult. So there's this great website that I've used quite a bit called Plickers. And I should say it's actually a website and a phone app. It kind of all comes hand in hand where essentially every kid in the class uh, can get a card that can just be printed out on your computer 
But essentially what that card does is it has a QR code. But it's a really simplified version, right? Very much. Just a few like notches cut out of this big black box where each side of this square has a letter A, B, C, and D. And so you can ask a question in the class where uh, you might, it might be a multiple choice question where there's four options, A, B, C, and D. And the student would then hold the card up with the letter that they want to answer facing up. And then all you have to do is with your phone, you just scan the classroom with your camera and it registers all the answers of every kid in the class as they're holding up that card. But the really cool thing about it is it's quick. It allows kids to answer those kind of surveys and stuff without needing a phone or a computer. And it's fun too. It's free and it's easy to use. And so that's what I would suggest. So the one that I found is called commonlit.org, and it's a free website. It has lots and lots of literature and other humanities passages on it, leveled to the different grade levels and linked to the standards for Common Core. Now, Virginia is not a Common Core state. We have the dreaded SOLs, but standards are basically standards. And what you can do is you can have everybody in your class sign up for an account. It's all free free and you can assign readings and then it has multiple choice questions that guide you through the story and then it has some assessment pieces and it has some discussion questions that you can use but it's really nice for homework because kids don't have to drag around a textbook they can go home do their work online it grades all of the multiple choice things for you so you just go through and transfer your grades over and if you have google classroom which many many schools do it links up with that perfectly too so you just assign it it goes right into their google classroom so they're ready to go so that's my that's my teaching product oh that sounds awesome do you have any things that you'd like to recommend to us like maybe to shut up <laughs> post about them on our facebook page at school or send us an email at school at gmail.com but now we need to take another break for one of our sponsors today's episode of school is sponsored by Jamit. class is about to start and you have copies to make Unfortunately, there's five other teachers crowding around the copier in the same situation as you. At this rate, you'll never get your copies made in time. What should you do? Pull out your phone, of course. With the new app, Jamit, you can instantly shut down the closest copier, causing a jammed message to blink across the display screen. As the other teachers search for the non-existent scrap of paper causing the issue, feel free to take a relaxing stroll around the office or refill your coffee cup. By the time you return, the other teachers will have abandoned the copier as a lost cause, giving you the opportunity to turn off your app and make your handouts without having to plan ahead or even politely wait in line. Jam it. Because the world revolves around you. Welcome back. Now it's time for our last and favorite segment of the show... Dad chat. But this time, instead of talking about our favorite things of the week, we thought we'd make it a proper dad chat and chat about, you guessed it, our dads. That's right. We have a long-standing suspicion that our dads are the same guy. They both own Christmas tree farms, feel very comfortable on a tractor, can fix anything, are former elementary school teachers, and have incredible sons. <laughs> Since it's Christmas time, we thought we'd share a couple of funny holiday memories of our dads. Chad, what you got? All right. Well, this one's not so funny. Actually, neither one of them are. <laughs> oh, dear. So when I was maybe around 10, we took a trip to visit family in Bozeman, Montana, which was an awesome trip. And one of the pieces of that trip is we got to take a snowcat tour through Yellowstone Park, Ooh. which is it's like a bus on like tracks. And, you know, Yellowstone Park is snowy and beautiful. And I mean, it's really kind of like a once in a lifetime opportunity to do. It was really cool. But anyway, the entire trip, my dad.
dad was just super, super, super sick. Oh. And and really the reason why I bring this up is because I didn't even know it. It's like my mom always talks about how sick he was, but as a good dad kind of suffering through it and sticking it out and making sure that the family was having a good time. I always think about that as a pretty special moment. That's a memory I always think about with my dad in Christmas time. So again, not a funny one, but uh, that was hilarious. <laughs> it's funny now, at least this one might be a little bit funnier. So we had a perfect sledding hill at my house growing up, a nice, long, slopey hayfield that at the bottom finished with a relatively deep ditch. Nothing that would be dangerous or concerning, but it wasn't something you wanted to fall into. And we had a really large group of people at our house sledding. And I remember specifically our dads were all standing kind of at the bottom of each run, catching the sleds as they came down. And a group of kids on one of those big wooden toboggans comes flying down way too fast for him to catch. And as they drive through his lower legs and completely take his legs out from under him. His face just smacks the ice. And then they drag him into the ditch with with them. No. And uh, I was actually talking to my sister about this last night because I was trying to get some ideas about dad and Christmas. And she remembers very specifically that she was pretty sure he had died. Oh, no. He, like, disappears into this crevasse. They pull him out of the ditch, and it had totally, like, ice burned one side of his face as uh, as he had tried to catch these kids coming through. Everybody was fine. No one died. But again, probably not super funny then, but a fond memory of my great dad as he was trying to catch us and keep us from going in the ditch. He's fine. There's no scars, no long lasting effects. He doesn't look like Two-Face from Batman. (laughs) Nope. That's good. Yeah. So what about your dad? So my dad was a volunteer firefighter for many, many, many years. And one of my now fond Christmas memories, but hated it at the time, was we were... I don't know. I don't know how everybody does Christmas Day, but what we always did was we'd do stockings from Santa in the morning right when we got up, and then everybody had to go take a shower and get dressed and then go have breakfast. And then after breakfast, we would all meet up in the living room for presents. When I was little, that was kind of torture. Like, I hated that we dragged it out. I just wanted to rip into my presents. Well, as a volunteer firefighter, when somebody has a house fire on Christmas Day, you have to go. There's no, like, I'm taking the day off for the holiday. You just have to go do it and help people out. And so we were one present in, and my dad left to go on this house fire. And I was selfishly very frustrated because we waited. My mom is a good person and my sister's a good person and I'm not a good person. (laughs) And so I was very upset and was like, why do we have to wait for dad? (laughs) So anyway, eventually he comes back and everything's fine and they were able to put the fire out. It was a chimney fire and the thing that triggered the chimney fire was this family. They had a fire at the fireplace and they were just putting their wrapping paper into the fire to get rid of it, which seems fine. Like that seems like a good idea. But what it did was there was some foil wrapping paper, the really, really shiny stuff that has metal on it, and that stuff didn't burn. It just got really hot and then floated up into the top of the chimney and caught other stuff on fire. And so I have since then had a phobia of all foil wrapping paper because I just have this feeling that it's a fire hazard. So I don't like that stuff. And I also learned don't put your Christmas paper in the fireplace because it could start a chimney fire. And for years and years afterwards, the dumb family joke was, oh, dad's going to have to go on another fire call. He did it one time, but it was like we never let it go. I'm pretty sure we had moved away. I was in high school and we still made that terrible joke. I bet my dad was really tired of it. But that was a very weird Christmas memory that 
is just stuck with me forever. First of all, we had the same exact routine growing up. So once again, oh, okay. I think we have the same dad. Our parents are the um, same. Yep. As a kid, the anticipation of Christmas Day is bad enough. I, I was just telling my daughter the other day, I remember specifically one night, I don't think I slept. Quick confession. I am generally the first person awake still to this day <laughs> on Christmas morning. I That's love awesome. Christmas. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. And just like that, we are at the end of the show. Do you have a question? Do you have any recommendations for us other than shutting up? We have an email address for that. Contact us at schooljapodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at schooljapod. Follow me on Twitter at Astoria. You can also find me on Instagram at chatterboxes and don't forget about our website, schooljapod.com. The lovely Christmassy intro and outro music you are enjoying was performed by my talented wife, Nikki. And all our sponsors are fake, but our artwork is not. Special thank you to Corey Logan for our great cover design. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe. And this is the part, dear listeners, where we always ask you to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. But today, we're going to ask for something a little different. While you could go and rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts, and we would appreciate it, we would also like just something a little different, a small holiday gift for us. If you would please mention our podcast to at least three friends, family, co-workers, or heck, even a random stranger on the street, we sure would appreciate it. So thanks in advance for helping us grow our listenership. Thanks for listening. Merry Christmas. And Happy New Year. We'll see you again in 2019. Oh, no. Really? That was Merry. That was Merry.